millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Maths Hysteria, a podcast all about Married at First Sight with me, Omar Abid, Sarah Clark, at Sarah Clark Celebrates on Instagram, and Claire Limmer Abid. You alright? Happy Halloween. Happy Happy Halloween. Halloween. Which I don't know, is that a very American thing to do? Yeah, I'm not not super into Halloween, but I don't mind Halloween. You just brought around some toffee apple. No, that was... No, I bought them. You You know, I like a theme. Yeah, no, you love Halloween. Do like a theme? I brought Christmas biscuits last week. I'm just already ready for Christmas. You were early doors with your Christmas biscuits. I was doing the editing, and not that I wasn't paying attention, but... I was reading the packet of um, chocolate fingers, yeah. snowy fingers, and I was thinking, this doesn't specifically say Christmas, but it has a snowman on, so were they just aiming, because it felt early for Christmas. And oh, it did have baubles also. Yeah, Everything's in the shops, and if you look tomorrow, it'll be amped up, because oh, yeah. obviously yes. Halloween's done, and then yeah. it'll be Christmas. Bonfire night, they'll come in. That's true. Mm. A little bit of... Um, what, <laughs> it always makes me laugh, Bonfire night, because it's like a failed terrorist attack, and then we celebrate yeah. it every year. Yeah. <laughs> woohoo! Woohoo! I mean, this is classic British chat. I may I as well go into, go into like, isn't it dark now? <laughs> oh, yeah, Claps the clock's went back! <laughs> I got to watch some sport this weekend, including some boxing, which feels relevant. Uh, oh! <laughs> I don't know where you're going with that. Oh, no. I don't think you could call what we saw on maths boxing. No. <laughs> it was more like a scuffle between, like, Hugh Grant and Colin Firth. You know, they go, like, arms, 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 fall in the fountain. Well, should we start with Jay and Luke? Probably mm-hmm. should. I mean, it all happened before the commitment ceremony, which made a nice change from watching people iron their shirts and do the hair and things. And they always say, right, tonight, I just don't want any drama. And you're like, you do. You're such a little liar. Everyone wants, yeah. But it was, yeah. Well, I don't know if it was a nice change, but it was definitely a a change. It looked like a scene from EastEnders, didn't it? It did, actually. Well, Omar shared a still, and bless Jay, she's just like loitering in the background, looks crestfallen, and then the two of them are like leaning. Yeah, it it was a real so opera moment I wasn't expecting that I know we'd see I know you don't watch the spoilers but I know we'd seen those of us who do watch the teasers we'd seen Luke kind of march up to the door and really pound on it Mm -hmm. but we didn't see what was going to happen next and I hadn't seen any spoilers to do with that so I wasn't expecting there to be like a tussle 
you know physical altercation yeah well let's start with what happened with luke and jay though in their own apartment because mm, you okay. said something to me that was quite interesting actually Ooh. you never quite uh, we never <laughs> got a chance to, to, <laughs> to unpack it. Oh, <laughs> that was a one-off because <laughs> <laughs> you said you were um uh was it you your yoga class did you say so you weren't being very mindful you were thinking about luke and jay <laughs> that's true yeah <laughs> but you well, said no i was because what you know your mind wanders and you just bring it back yeah mm-hmm. so that's what i was doing what was your interest Letting in the mind wander and bring it back because you said you think you untangled what he was trying to say i think i understand what he's saying he was trying to say okay I may not explain it very well. Okay. I will try. I'll bet you do a fucking better job than he has. <laughs> Did you do worse? <laughs> so when my mind was wandering in yoga, I was trying to figure it out. And I wonder if what he was trying to say is not about him cheating. So not as in I'm the person who would rob the bank as I, if I could. Okay. Yeah. More as in people have to look after themselves by not being pushovers. So, because, you know, he said something like, if you give people an inch, they'll take a mile. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if what he's saying or was trying to say is something about Jay maybe being firmer with people, not necessarily just him. Right. So the whole robbing a bank thing, well, you know, if if you would rob a bank if you could, that's why people, that's why they stop people robbing banks. Mm-hmm. Because if you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. So, so he, I think it was more about other people taking adva- making sure other people don't take advantage of you. I do get what you're saying. And I think, I mean, part of me wants to give Luke the benefit of the doubt because he seems adamant that he was misunderstood. Yeah. And we know that the show is edited. I still think he meant what we think <laughs> he meant. Um, one Part of me thinks your example what you think it might be Claire doesn't particularly stand up because by the group's own admission her own admission potentially Luke's admission Jay's quite different in society mm. as she is in her romantic relationship she, so we know that she stands up for herself and she's quite ballsy and then she's been a bit nervous to say how she really feels to Luke yeah. so with your example of like does he is he trying to protect her from being a pushover in life I'm not so sure because the conversation with the boys was more about their marriages and he was saying like oh it's good but and it felt like it was more specific rather than yeah. like, how is she generally in life? Um, I just feel like he's using the opportunity of not having been at the dinner party to be like, my name's been blackmailed without me. That Like, is, yeah. that, is that an expression? Blackmailed? <laughs> <laughs> Why do I just... I just, <laughs> I just, I just went with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come yeah. From? You've been blackmailing me. Is that a word? Blacklisted? I don't know. No? Anyway, I feel like, I feel like he hasn't... If, if he meant what he meant, and it was the worst way. His only little alibi is, well, I wasn't there and you guys are talking about me behind my back and I couldn't defend myself. And so he's really doubled down mm. and he's gone and banged on the door. That was the biggest bang on a door I've ever oh seen my in my God. life, which is my sheltered life because no one's ever, <laughs> I've never had the bailiffs around. And I think it feels to me like he is saying, I was misconstrued. And so all his anger has to go towards the person who, who, worded it wrong and so he's aiming everything at Jordan because in order to double down on I was misrepresented yes. he then has to show he's angry about being misre- misrepresented mm. and so my feeling watching it was like right he's telling her it was said wrong he now has to show her angry ears that it was said wrong I don't think it was said wrong does that make sense? You think if he, if he had said what Claire is suggesting that he'd said yeah. i.e. you need to make sure that other people not just me yeah. 
don't walk over you. I'm mm. saying out of care. Yeah. Yeah. That he would have had a conversation with Jordan rather than been like, what are yeah. you chatting shit for? Yeah, or it would have been easier for him to explain <laughs> to Jay, oh, sorry, I was mis... I think if you've been misrepresented, you maybe have the truth on your side and you can explain yourself a little bit. But because he was in a corner, it felt like he was in such a corner mm-hmm. and it felt like a violent oh. outburst was his only... He felt like it was his only option or he was trying mm. to prove... That, I don't know. A corner mm. or a very narrow doorway. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it felt like he was doubling down. Yeah. On being misrepresented. Yes. And then he had to show Jay how angry he was that he'd been misrepresented. Do you not think he was genuinely that angry then? Because yeah. I would say I think he was. Yeah, he was definitely... He was definitely angry, but that's because I think he felt upset with the whole situation that he was losing everything he, you know he was losing jay's trust he was losing the group he, he he'd had one night off being sick with like a bad stomach or whatever <laughs> yeah. and the whole thing just blown up <laughs> but not taking responsibility for the fact he'd said these things because it's let's not forget he started off by saying oh i think i could get a girl's number like we know that the first thing he said and wasn't misrepresented he said yeah. that he said that yeah did he say that to george and he said that to george and did and he then, say it to jay mm, that, in, um, that, in the love and hate thing yeah i can't remember so i think so but it had certainly been so, aired. because she then said it at another point in t- she was telling the girls at the spot at the girls when they got oh, split. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he must have said it to him right. as well, yeah. Okay. So that's why I can't fully back him because it's like, well, we know he already said half something half as bad. Mm. So yeah. I could easily believe it could escalate to the bank robbing analogy. <laughs> this stupid bank robbing analogy. And that's the problem where I've said before, I would watch an unedited version of this that took me all day just to see the truth. Yeah. If yeah. we could see the because the context, I mean, he sorry, kept sorry, saying be, about the context. To be clear, I wouldn't. <laughs> Are you I'm, saying you've got a life <laughs> outside think, of maths? There, there's what? a certain there's a certain point where, and you know, I, I complain when people talk about the edit and things like that, and I, agree, I have some level of sympathy for them, but I also think, eh, this is partly this is that you take this risk it's partly when what you sign, you sign up, up for. and you can't expect <clears throat> everyone to be like. Oh, well, you know, you've not seen that bit. It's like, well, I'm never going to see that bit. Yeah. And I'm not going to petition E4 to, to show that bit. I, I don't give the, that yeah. much of a shit. I think the problem is sometimes like, not, not saying I would act any better, but when someone has been misrepresented, you want them to stay calm and just explain where they think yes. it's gone wrong. Because if he'd stayed calm with Jay and gone, do you know what? I think they misunderstood what I meant. This yeah. one. But he flew off the handle, which then... Look, it makes him look really volatile. It makes him look quite... I don't know if arrogance is the right word, but he was so more concerned with his own reputation yes. than he was about how Jay felt. She, she looked petrified. He wasn't looking... I know, he wasn't she was looking after, fallen, yeah, wasn't she? And he, he wasn't awful. looking after her. No. And he also twisted it on her, where he then said, you're upsetting me because you're not trusting me. He twisted it. Mm. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, he did yeah, that yeah. classic, classic shitty shitty relationship thing where when she was upset, he twisted it and gone, you, you being upset is upsetting me because you're not trusting me and yeah. she's like well who am I supposed to trust yeah I'm not sure what's and you said. said to my face that I'm a walkover exactly <laughs> yeah well that's the thing isn't it if it was totally isolated and un- unrelated to anything he'd ever said yeah. it wouldn't hurt as much but and she building. wouldn't be more inclined to believe them would she but it links to something she already felt insecure about because he had already said it mm-hmm. I lost a lot of sympathy for him <laughs> not that I had loads but I thought you know has he been misconstrued or not I lost a lot of sympathy for him when he then turned it on her and yes. she'd done nothing wrong she was really upset and he said now you're you're upsetting me because you're not trusting me and I was like don't turn it on her poor mm. girl mm-hmm. 
what did you guys think of the I'm using vert commas fight <laughs> I I really felt for Jordan like I said last week I'm not sure why Jordan ends up being the butt of everything or like the the scapegoat yeah. for everyone's anger and then he suddenly has him flying into his house. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And like, that is a horrible, even if you're a bloke and you've been in fights before, like that's a horrible thing to open the door and have yeah. to be confronted with. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's, it's you yeah. don't expect it, do you? And it's it, a sudden adrenaline surge. Yeah, well, Erica said it, didn't she? Like, oh, my heart just, what did you say? Fell through my arse or something. Fell out my was it? Yeah. That was it. Yeah, that was her and phrase, then did wasn't we, it? Did we spot a producer between yeah, them? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Somebody got between them, thankfully. Yeah, somebody. Another resident in the block. <laughs> Gary from number 12. Because <laughs> do you think that Erica and Jordan got no warning that Luke and Jay were coming? Because often these meets are well, clearly a, set up, aren't there they? There was a camera crew in their apartment. Yeah, but one. they might have told them, we're just going to film you talking about... Oh, yeah. Oh, I assume they, they knew Luke and Jay are going to come down and they're going to oh, talk okay. about it. Right. Yeah, so it was set up in that... So they knew that they were coming. To have a conversation, yeah. Yeah. But to but, start at 100, like to have that, yeah. bang on, that, that bang on the door is never going to end well. It's already started Ooh, so aggressively. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I really felt for Jay in this whole thing. Like obviously for Erica and Jordan as well, but for Jay, you could see that her loyalty was really being like pulled in all directions because yeah. like she didn't back Luke coming and being that aggressive, but she was stood with him as his wife and being like, oh, it was horrible. It was horrible. Yeah, it was awful. I really felt for her. Yeah, then once they're, once they're split apart, then they're separated from the group. Oh, yeah. To come back to the commitments. I, I'm sorry, just in terms of the, the physical conflict itself. <laughs> Don't let anyone get that close to you. And the, your first warning was the, victim ba- blaming. was the bang on the door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, what should it? What? What do? You, what would you have done then? Come well, back later. If, yeah, <laughs> through the people. Calm <laughs> down and come back later. I'm having a cup of soup. <laughs> Pot noodle, Bombay bad boy. Sorry. <laughs> We're just watching the end of Monsters University. <laughs> um, epic film. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Well done. Well done. I, I was I was going through the Rolodex of what's a good kids film. <laughs> it seemed suitable. Hocus Pocus Massive yeah. choice but Hocus oh. Pocus is shit You made me watch I that like last Hocus year. Pocus <laughs> I like it I enjoy it um, No I, yeah, I know what you mean But We can't blame Jordan For just being at his front door Just opening the door <laughs> literally just turn Fucking the, idiot just turn, just turn the knob Go on then Never let anyone get that close No so come on what, With that, that you energy You know what the You know what the energy is From the From the knocking of the Knocking of the door I guess yeah. there's a sense of the fact You're on a TV show There's a camera crew in your room And you've never seen a fat Fat You've never seen a fight On maths before Yeah Not what you'd be expecting I mean I wasn't expecting To look coming like Fist flying Yeah, yeah. I don't know about yeah. you guys And they should feel safe yeah. yeah, they should feel safe enough to open their door and yeah. you know we'll have a conversation about it. I mean, that con- conversation itself would make me anxious. Never mind yeah, somebody of oh, banging know, on the door know, like that. So, and then sorry, you were saying about when we got to the commitment ceremony, um, the energy in the room of them saying, as you know, there's been mm. some confrontation or conversations yeah. or something, and like Luke and Jay won't be joining us until later. It was so. I wonder if that was take one. You know, sometimes mm. they probably have to do a few takes of certain things the experts say. That felt like take one because everybody looked genuinely shocked, yeah. sad, well, weirded was, out. I thought yeah. it was interesting. As soon as uh, they'd been separated at the at, outside Jordan and Erica's apartment, Luke got his phone out, the old, old phones yeah, that they I had. Know, and yeah. I was like, who's he, who's he messaging? He's yeah. going to be messaging other people in the, in the group. To presumably. try and get them on side. Just get posse rounded up. To yeah, get I, I wondered about that. 
I think JJ, yeah. right? Yeah, probably. They seem close, don't they? Uh, Essex Luke boys. and JJ, Essex boys I together. Won- yeah, I wondered about why. Quick game of Snake to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want, not when you're building up a big snake. You don't want to be riled up. You need to be calm. <laughs> oh yeah, it's too much of a risk. That, isn't <laughs> Can it? I reveal something about myself? I didn't get a phone till I was 27, so I never played Snake. Because <gasps> oh, I missed out on the joy yeah, of Snake. So I never had like an old style phone. Oh. We have to find you one. We need to get our hands on one of these maths old phones. So making a snake dish try and sound relevant yeah. and now you're addicted to the gambling I'm apps. so yeah. yeah yeah oh man um, but and it, sorry the reason and just to go back to you saying about the, the mood at the commitment ceremony and obviously JJ and Luke being mm. removed from the process the reason I bring up the, the quality of the fight or mm. you know how extreme it was was because I did a poll saying should they have been evicted mm-hmm. and the majority the vast majority 65 70% have said yes they should have been removed mm-hmm. but that was it was closer than i thought and i think the reason for that was because it wasn't much of a fight but obviously any physical altercation yeah. that, that's kind of it the li- you know it's the pretty, li- yeah the line's just, been crossed yeah. isn't it by yeah, that point yeah i think that's the thing you could probably categorize it as more of a scuffle yeah, more yeah. Scoof- <laughs> scoufflé, but the intent George. behind but yeah George. <laughs> but the intent behind banging on someone's door yeah. and then coming in for them it's you know sometimes a fight might break out and it feels a bit more equal mm-hmm. it's like two people out in the open <laughs> fight 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 <laughs> playground but it was like jordan didn't sign up for that yeah it wasn't it, it yeah. didn't feel like both were hankering after a fight mm-hmm. i need to get my terminology <laughs> <laughs> i mean this isn't great trash talk <laughs> i'm really excuse me i'm really hankering after a fight <laughs> Excuse me, I'm very street. <laughs> but yeah, I, did, I think it's more the intent of like bashing on someone's door and coming for them. Mm. And also, I guess like, I mean, these producers and these experts are tested constantly on where's the line. Yeah. Do we get rid of people when they do X, Y, Z? Because yeah. then, you know, does it set precedent? Are we allowing like physical altercations if we don't get rid yeah. of do you think Luke? Do you think Luke's apology was sincere? I think it was sincere and I think a lot of it was because he regrets what it means for him and Jay now. Mm. I don't right. think he I don't think he necessarily feels gutted that Jordan and Erica were upset. I think it's a sincere apology insofar as oh gosh, I've really ruined it. For, oh gosh. <laughs> hankering <laughs> hankering after that fight has simply done me in. <laughs> I'm trying to be relatable, Omar. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think he I think he was really gutted it had happened, yeah. and he did credit to him. He said a hundred percent my fault. Yeah, he and did. I do think credit for that. Hundred yeah. percent. He didn't he did. say oh it was mostly me. He said hundred percent my fault. I think he's more gutted what it means. Yeah, for him. and he didn't do the butt thing. Yeah, uh, it was a hundred percent my fault. And the butt thing doesn't it, mean but. yeah. The butt thing doesn't mean um, squats in the corner of your room. The butt thing <laughs> maybe is, you should have done that instead. <laughs> the butt thing is excuses. No, you're yes. right. That is a it's a good apology to take full ownership and not have any butts. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not have any squats. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I bring up the quality of the apology is because there's been mixed feelings online about Jordan's response to not accept the oh. apology and then going into you know saying I don't, and the reason I don't accept the apology is because and Erica said they've you know they've had violence in their in their histories yeah um, and it, the whole thing is triggering for them even though it was a low quality scuffle low level altercation yeah you know 
anything like you said the banging on that you'd shit yourself if the- I really would yeah. Yeah. yeah I really would and I don't have you know a history of violence from a younger age either so to uh, you only know how you would feel don't you if somebody mm-hmm. comes and bangs on your door like that but if they've had those past experiences of not being safe in their own home then they're not going to feel safe there I can I can understand that. Of course, yeah. I found that bit really sobering because mm-hmm. obviously we talk about these things and it's the EastEnders vibes and it's dramatic and stuff. But to have Jordan and Erica was in tears by this point. Mm. To have Jordan say, "I don't think they understand how triggering that is." They have very similar childhoods, and it was it was interesting and it was important. It was important for people to see us watching and the rest of the contestants. It was important to see that like your actions have effects, yeah. and you don't know where someone's coming from in terms of their own history. And I think what Jordan does well is he has he has his priorities right. And I don't know if it was... I mean, personally, I would always accept someone's apology because I think it's easier just to move on and like not carry that bitterness. So I think not accepting his apology maybe wasn't a great move by Jordan. But where, jo- where it feels like Jordan's priorities are right is that he really backed Erica in that mm. moment. He was like, my wife is my priority. Their relationship seems really strong. And you really, really triggered us and upset her. And that's why... Do you know what I mean? It yeah, feels yeah. like... It feels like he always puts him and Erica above the other conversations mm-hmm. and he's willing to look foolish or he's willing to be like public enemy number one because his priorities seem right. Yeah. I really, I really like Jordan. I, I like him. I do think he can go on a bit. I mean, this is more kind of, <laughs> this is more last week, but then he was, yeah. he was asked a lot for his opinion. <clears throat> and it just occurred to me as well that... Uh, the first people who were asked for their controversial opinions at the very first dinner party were Luke and Jay. That's when it true. was rate the oh, couples, and they were all like, yeah. "Oh, we've been asked for our opinion. We've been yeah. asked for our opinion." In like, terms of like strong, most genuine, it yeah, was, wasn't who's, it? Who's yeah, the, who's that was it. Uh, the fakest couple and all that, yeah. sort, all that sort of stuff. Yes, yeah, sobering is the is the right word because when Jordan refused the apology and Erica started speaking, because a lot of people have said, "Oh, they're acting." In fact, Luke has said which um, that they should. Uh, get Oscars oh, for their performance. Uh, he tweet he put that on his Instagram last night, which mm. sort of weakens the sincerity of his his apology. Yeah. Uh, but uh, admittedly, I was thinking, oh, this, this is a bit weird to refuse an apology. It's, it doesn't seem very gentlemanly thing to do. Mm-hmm. You accept mm. an apology if someone gives it to you. But then, as soon as they said, you know, about, they alluded to their past, I was like, I, I deleted the tweet that I was, yeah. was going to put. I was like, oh, actually, yeah. Even though it's a minor thing in my eyes. Yeah, there are bigger issues at play going Hugely. on in people's lives, yeah. you know. And actually, the door banging probably is one of the worst parts because that would be, you know, as a child, you hear that and it, it's the start of something. You yeah. know, we, we can't we it's can't start speculate. Of the panic. Yeah, and uh, I found that really moving, to be honest. And I don't think they were acting. Mm-hmm. I think they've come together as two people who had very similar childhoods and have supported each other. Seem to have a quite a strong relationship. And yes. You know, if we're going to be, if we're going to pick at them, you know, she can roll her eyes a lot or he can put himself in a lot of the arguments. Mm. But in that particular moment, it seemed really genuine to me that they would really upset them. Yeah. Mm. And he was going to say why. Yeah. Fair enough. And they had to say it in front of the group. Yeah. And the experts and knowing they were being filmed. So I think sometimes when you've got to put on this bit of, you've got to put on a bit of a mask to be able to function in that scenario. And sometimes people can view that as acting a bit. Yeah, but she was just quietly crying. She had like tears rolling down her face, but it wasn't like she was sobbing or crying out. Like it wasn't, it didn't feel like it's performative. It felt very like quietly just upset. Interesting that, um, but not surprising, that all the group went over to console Jay and 
uh, Luke when yeah. they're who obviously we feel sorry for Jay she's done virtually Huge, nothing wrong hugely yeah. sorry for Jay so, so yeah. she deserves a lot of sympathy uh, but they went over to console uh, Luke as well while Erica and Jordan just you know uh, hugged each other yeah I mean we're going to come to Peggy later on what the fuck is Peggy on about saying it shows how much Luke oh, must I wrote, I wrote that oh, down that really I upset know. me that was a worry wasn't yeah it? I wrote that down because <clears throat> I hate stuff like that it felt like one of those Daily Mail headlines you get where it was like he loved her too much so he killed her you know yeah. like, that sort of thing yeah. where it's like you cannot excuse like violent love as like, you can't call it love and she said shows how much Luke loves her that he's willing to risk dot 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 and I was like, no, 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 no. This is really, it's quite a dangerous message mm-hmm. to say like, right, if your boyfriend wants to beat everybody up because he loves you so much, like that's a good thing. Like it was just, yeah. that was, I wanted to shoot that right yeah. down. Um, and it was, yeah, it was very much like those headlines you get excusing male violence because it's, you know, love gone wrong yeah. or, or yeah. do you love her too much? And actually I think it was more Luke defending his own character defending yeah. the fact that he felt wrong yeah he worried he was gonna lose jay <clears throat> feeling misunderstood exactly yeah. um i think that's where peggy sometimes oversimplifies things potentially in the sort of romantic yeah. view of like being defended knight in shining armor yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but i think that's dangerous yeah and yeah. He, he does i think he does genuinely care for jay but i think you know there's a difference between genuinely caring for someone and being passionate about them and not being able to manage your anger yeah. enough yeah. to be safe and yeah. make sure they're safe as well. Well, there's been flashes of his anger, even just when he was called called him fucking stupid at dinner yeah. parties. Yeah. Like, well, you've taken that up a notch that, for yeah. no particular reason. But this is where we come back to the thing of like, what are we not seeing? Because there seems to be a real dislike of Jordan. Mm. And to me, he just seems like quite a gentle character and he seems quite mature for his age, like in terms yeah. of being like 24. 24, 25. There's a real dislike for him. There's a real dislike for Erica. So as a couple, like you say, everybody went over to JJ and Luke. Uh, not JJ and Luke. Jay. <laughs> just Luke one J. Jay. Luke, just the one J. Jay and Luke. JJ and Luke would be an interesting partnership. Um, and Erica and Jordan, who I guess the wronged party were sort of left solo. But yeah. they don't seem to need that val- validation. I think they're really pleased to have each other. That's what yeah. I mean about like their priorities yeah. are sort of do yeah. you think they might have said something to Jay though and we just didn't see it possibly I do feel for Jay in Maybe. all this because Luke yeah. and sorry <laughs> Jordan and Erica have each other Luke has is the one in the wrong as, as we probably mostly agree and then it's just Jay who gets a bit of the shit end of the stick because yeah. she has to leave the experiment she's been loyal to Luke but maybe when she watches it back last night she'll wonder mm. did she get it right or wrong and she's got a lot of friendships in there hasn't she yeah. so she's having to leave those behind as well and I guess the group felt like they were losing an original couple rather yeah. than like Erica and Jordan still feel like newbies to <laughs> yeah. some extent yeah no one cares about them they're not oh. real people yeah. <laughs> they're too new <laughs> I think what will be a nice change of pace from the toxicity and drama will be we're talking to well we've already spoken to Owen and Michelle have you just put a croissant in your mouth no 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 no, no. oh no it's a really good interview (laughs) it's actually just me talking to them as well isn't it oh yeah Yeah. it's just you wasn't it I didn't have any croissants before I started (laughs) because you just watched series 5 all Mm. of it in like a day or something and I have to say stay listening to hear it because it's so interesting to hear what maths used to be like mm-hmm. compared to what it's like now and I honestly found it so refreshing talking to them they are gorgeous I don't think any producers had to intervene no. and jump in between <laughs> no drama <laughs> free and it's also fascinating because they fell in love during Covid and Covid really affected the series series 5 so mm-hmm. it's really interesting about 
how it you know yeah. the pandemic brought them together no dinner parties <laughs> yeah no it wasn't you know actual things pandemics it wasn't just like oh my god he did a twitch video <laughs> <laughs> but we'll come to them Okay then, Sarah, you have something to say about <laughs> Paul and Tasha, which is good, because I'm not sure I do. So. <laughs> it was just one little thing, because PCB, Paul C. Brunson, just said to them, oh, I love to see this, this is great, this is effortless love. And I just thought it was a small thing, but I think, I don't know if effortless should be praised. In I think what really he meant was the effort has been put in. Mm-hmm. You can see mm-hmm. the effort that they've been putting in. Like Tasha's... Um, Tasha is shedding some of those previous like um, walls that she had. I don't know if you can shed walls, but let's go with it. <laughs> and like Paul's been trying really hard. To, they've been really supporting and loving each other. And so I don't know. It just I just found it interesting. Like oh, effortless. I don't know if that's yeah. the right term. I, it feel, mm. I do know what you mean. It's just like well, if it's easy, you know, nothing. You, you have to work hard for something. It yeah. often has higher higher value. Mm. I feel they've not had really any road bumps. We've seen Tasha, obviously, and Erica get on, and Paul just was like, well, she wouldn't react that way if Erica wasn't doing something, you know, and it was like, yeah. oh, I'm not sure I agree with that. But we've not really seen them have any road bumps. No, and they've mm. had, like, by their own admission, they've had a really good week. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was interesting, because I don't think effortless is quite what Paul meant to praise, because I think mm-hmm. F- Paul would, Paul PCB would say, you've got to put the effort in, you've got to look after each other, you've got to... And he said to them, yeah. or he said to another couple... It was another couple, actually, sorry, so I'm jumping ahead, but, like, ask each other at the end of the day, like, it was to Adrian and Matt, like, what's your favourite thing that's happened, like, how, and actually, that's effort, that is, like, making, taking the time, taking the effort to ask the other person how they're feeling, and I guess you could relay it back to Paul and Tasha. I just thought it was interesting, because I don't think effortless is quite Mm. what what is worthy of praise. Yeah, because you're you're mm. right, we, we, early early on in this series, we praised Tasha for um, going, going at a nice pace and not maybe falling into the traps that she had that we, yeah. we'd assumed of a previous relationship. So, yeah, they've definitely done some work, haven't they? They have. And also, Tasha hasn't been part of the drama in the last fortnight. No, that's true. So that's she's, true. I don't know whether behind closed doors, Paul and Tasha have been like, right, let's try and stay out of it and focus on ourselves. And it's obviously paying off because they've had a really good week. Another couple with a good week, Thomas and Roz. Very good. I want to be in that relationship now. <laughs> <laughs> so sweet. They still feel different from the other couples in the way that they are with each other in terms of affection I thought so you often see the other couples you know holding hands hands on the legs kiss on the cheek little hug arm round each other you still don't see that with Roz and Thomas at the commitment ceremony so I don't know if I've noticed at the dinner party no you're right you you are right you said the same of um, Laura and Arthur as well slightly different with Laura and Arthur I think because I think they are physically affectionate with each other holding hands and putting their arm around each other and stuff but I don't know about the sexual chemistry mm. with them. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think they're slightly different because with Thomas whereas we Thomas, know Thomas and Ros are at it like <laughs> yeah, and their sex toys and, and their costumes. Toys. And, yeah. So we know that's happening with them, but we're still not seeing this sort of physical Day-to-day, affection. Like, yeah, right. yeah. Okay. Okay. I know what you mean because sometimes a couple will come back to the sofa so they've been on the sofa they'll come back to the less scary sofa yeah. <laughs> and the safe sofa and like example being George and Peggy and then they'll have their arms around each other and you're like gosh you just had quite a difficult conversation where you weren't on the same page and yet you are still showing yeah. like a couplely affection whereas Tom and Ross are going really well yeah but actually when it cuts them on the sofa they're not holding hands or anything they sit yeah. close don't they yeah but I guess they... not everyone's so demonstrative yeah, in there like, it could just be that 
But I just think against the backdrop of the other couples, yeah. it still stands out a bit because they still aren't doing that. Maybe they don't want to, that's fine. But then Ross talks about liking hugs and being physical affectionate, and physically I keep, affectionate. I keep reminding myself of like their honeymoon, you know, that ski lodge where she couldn't get one hug out of him, he couldn't get one <laughs> hug out of her. It was quite it was quite equal in terms of them both being a bit or I know maybe it was more him not wanting to hug. So they've come really far. Oh, but definitely. still not to the point where it mm. is like oh, we want to see his arm round her on the sofa. That'd be so <laughs> nice. Don't see it, do you? Do you think? Do you feel? There's a big question about. Him. <laughs> do you feel that Thomas is sometimes a little underdressed compared to her? Yes, I do. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I've thought like that a, at one of the other dinner parties yeah, as well. Because yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking, have you got jogging bottoms on? <laughs> I don't <laughs> think it was, but it was like a loungewear top. Yeah, yeah. Not dissimilar to yours right well, now. Well, actually, interesting you, you, you point this one out. This is, uh, I noticed that George oh, has this same, yes. has this same <laughs> M&S. My mum got me both colours from Good old uh, M&S loungewear. <laughs> I know, because sometimes the couples, it looks like they've got a theme. So it'd be like they're both in khaki or they're both in leather. And then sometimes one looks like they're going to Lidl and one looks like they're going to the Met Gala. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I mean, usually the girls got like the, the yeah. Met Gala ones. Definitely. <laughs> well, I was going to say, that's. It. I think Arthur's definitely been guilty of this before where Laura comes mm. up quite cape. <laughs> Laura's wearing like a cape dress and he's like oh I've just come from the gym I've just done 30 seconds on the treadmill <laughs> so what did we think of Arthur and Laura they seem like the group did them a favour yes because by her own admission there was a parent-child dynamic starting to emerge so actually I think probably the group were right to an extent to think that she was being condescending but she that wasn't her intention yeah. and he'd given her permission to correct him <laughs> but it wasn't a healthy dynamic mm. and now it's really lovely because he started to pull back a little bit on like telling her I don't know there was just it was shifting yeah it was really starting to shift definitely there was more sexual tension I thought oh mm-hmm. yeah because she was seeing him as more of a man yeah and he was laying down like this is how I feel and it's going really well. And you know that last week when you were like, oh, she's <laughs> someone's going to get laid tonight when he was like, <laughs> she's the most attractive, intelligent. Like there was more compliments yeah. coming from him. Yeah. And not that it's our right to know who's having sex and who isn't on this show. <laughs> but I think it's interesting that that hasn't really been spoken about or we haven't seen it be spoken about with Laura and Arthur. Whereas the other couples we have, it's been a thing whether they are or they aren't. Yeah. And often the experts weighed in and asked yeah and so I wonder whether either they've asked and it hasn't been shown because they got shut down or Arthur and Laura behind closed doors have said we're not going to talk about that yeah we're going to agree because sometimes they don't agree that's the problem one will say yeah. and the other's like we said we wouldn't talk about this yeah yeah but you're right like it seems quite private with mm. them which is fair I respect Laura for doing the thing of saying whatever I've done in previous relationships hasn't worked mm. so I'm, I'm, I am invested I'm in, invested in trying to, to uh, adopt these changes you know I'm wondering yeah. if Laura like just to use her as an example if right now like a typical Chelsea boy was put in front of her and Arthur was there would she still continue with Arthur because she does recognise that it's going in a different way mm. has she learned enough to do you know what I mean? Yeah, if it was, yeah, if well, the, you know, stick or twist. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the, that's the eternal struggle, isn't it? Because it seemed like she genuinely was recognising that the other relationships had... Not saying oh, not saying the Chelsea boy guy is going to be a bad guy, but it's yeah, like yeah. it hadn't worked for whatever reason. And Arthur's so down to earth and endearing mm. <laughs> and mm. random. <laughs> He'd keep you guessing, wouldn't he, Arthur? <laughs> <laughs> and they did ask them about what's next or what 
how do you see life after this? Didn't they? Yeah. Mel asked something like that. And they both seemed open to sort of thinking about that, wondering about it. And I do think that they might not have felt that way. They might have said they yeah. felt that way last week, but this week really does feel like it's shifted. Him defending her, like there was a lot of, yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah. JJ and Ella then. First time on the commitment ceremony couch together. I think you said that's the most I've ever heard JJ speak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was. And actually, just imagine for a minute they hadn't switched couples. Like they weren't like the cheaters or whatever. Yeah. We'd think, what a sweet couple, they're yeah. doing really well because there was a lot oh, of like. It's a shame you didn't go with the traitors there. That would have been a perfect. <laughs> sorry, sorry. If they had, if this was a couple who were put together from the beginning. Oh, no. It's a, which I'm willing to treat them as now. We have to now. Yeah. They're in it, aren't they? Like you'd think, wow, what a sweet couple. Yeah. Like supporting each other's insecurities and. You know, a lot of affection and... Yeah. I mean, I'm still kind of bored by him. But that's just, that's not... Uh, <laughs> weirdly, I was going to say, that's not because, you know, because of their, their traitorous behaviour. Um, it's just uh, who they are as people. I'm just not... <laughs> <laughs> I'm wow. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm just not... I don't know. Just like, I'm not that, you know, I'm not that fussed about mm. them at, at this stage. It was an interesting yeah. conversation when... Ella was talking about her looks and then the experts mm. were picking her up on oh, yeah. a lot of your self-worth seems, and it was interesting because she has come into him before and gone like the sexy ones arrived or whatever and that yeah. is obviously yeah. usually a classic sign of overcompensating um, but it was interesting wasn't it mm. to hear what else have you got to offer Paul was quite like up front with her wasn't he of like what else have you got yeah. to offer in this relationship and that's where you guys need to go next yeah and actually yeah. JJ like you know stepped up to the plate and was like you're kind you're funny you're interesting and he said enough to back up you're not it's not just looks yeah he did so yeah I mean hats off to him credit yeah. where credit's due yeah we'll see it's it's still I mean they are a new couple so it's still so early really early yeah Do it, technically have they only been in a week then yeah Ooh. but I mean this according to them commit. that's like yeah. you know we really got to know each other on the outside <laughs> that's right on the outside for, for the 40 to 60 minutes we were on the <laughs> <Yeah. outside. laughs> 24 hours <laughs> mm. Mark and Sean it was interesting because we, we saw Sean open up a bit yeah a lot of emotion from Sean on the commitment ceremony couch and he sort of said didn't he I've been waiting to get here this week yeah. it was like he was ready to speak to the experts and ready to kind of offload some of this stuff I think because it, it felt like he was carrying a lot of stuff this week I was about to say carrying a lot of yeah. tension holding it together I guess the problem's been from the off Mark has said you can't hurt me <laughs> and so Sean's been like okay I can't hurt Mark yeah. and so he's been battling like not to be too up front not to hurt him in any possible way and I guess it's a lot to carry isn't it it almost looked like he was crumbling under the pressure mm. I guess mm. it's pressure because even in the discussion that they had on the honeymoon of well, you know there, there are going to be obstacles and we'll have to overcome them that upset Mark I know I know so, even the discussion about any potential future problems upset yeah. him so. which I do get like I think Mark's probably had a really rough ride we know about his dad passing away and obviously not accepting him I think in his sexuality as well there was like a bit of animosity oh, do you remember, I, remember I, think right. there, I think there was a bit of that oh, and then okay. it sounds like romantic relationships have just been a 
problem area for him. Mm. He's been on his own for de- a decade, I think. His last relationship was 10 years ago, did he say? Something yeah, odd. Was, but to be fair, yeah, that will only like be that. When, he, when he was 16. <laughs> 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 it was a school romance. But I think it sounds like from the little we've been told, if I'm reading between the lines, which I love to read between the lines and make two and two make 12, um, it does feel like he's been hurt and he's avoided romantic relationships potentially for the risk of being hurt. Mm. And now he's with Sean. He keeps saying like, "You can't hurt me. You can't hurt me." And poor Sean's like, "I might hurt you. Like life happens. Yeah. And like I have to be able to be myself." And then he just crumbled on the sofa yeah. under the pressure. Well, Laura said, didn't she? Oh, he's really struggling. Mm. We heard Laura say yeah. that. And especially when you've come into it, and again, that first dinner party they went to it was just chaos. Carnage. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. And it's been drama since then. When you're just surrounded by by that kind of stuff. And you've got your own things to worry about. Yeah. Everything's so heightened and intense. Yeah. yeah. I wonder how easy it is just to have like a nice bumbling, I guess Thomas and Rosa example, like your relationship's just nicely bubbling along, bumbling along. But if there's lots of drama around you, I want to use the word osmosis. Like how much do you <laughs> absorb in? Yeah. 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 Even if you don't want to. I think the best couple I've seen of just, even better than Thomas and Ros, because they had some roadblocks early on as, as we've discussed which in a way is a good thing because you, mm-hmm. you need that to strengthen the, the relationship but the couple who've just skated through any series the easiest was uh, was it Ollie and Tani in the Australian oh, one God. they were just he was loving it he was loving the drama oh asking probing yeah. questions yeah. but he was like totally untouched by and I, it and they're still together yeah, yeah. they're brilliant and that's true yeah and also for two very good looking people they were so unproblematic <laughs> oh. Roll on Australia maths next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're done with this lot. We're not going to do any more episodes. So <laughs> <laughs> no. You have to see it through now you've started it. You cannot leave. <laughs> what do we think Sean and Mark's future on the show might be like? Do you I, think. I can't remember the advice that they were given by the experts. I want to say it was just like, you've got to allow, you've got to be able to talk honestly. Yeah. You've got to be able to listen and talk. To be fair to Mark, who again, another week goes by and, well, another episode goes by and I think, well, I'm like Mark more than I, more than I thought I would. He said, I didn't realise how much pressure Sean was under yeah. and trying not to hurt me. He, he summed up everything that, that we've we've said and, yeah. you know, that how, how Sean was feeling and that he needs to, you know, he, he needs Sean to be able to not worry about hurting him yeah. to, for the relationship to be feel genuine, you know. Mm. I'm starting to think there's some, like, um, sponsorship by, like, pearl accessories. Because <laughs> <laughs> JJ always wears his pearl necklace. And then Paul C. Brunson yes, was wearing a yes. pearl necklace. And then Mark had his, like, yes, chain mail. and hands. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, there's some sort of, like... <laughs> yeah. Do you think I could pull off pearls? I'm not sure I could. We'll try next week and we'll put it on a... <laughs> we'll put it on a <laughs> I can't wear pearls. I look like a real Tory in pearls. <laughs> <laughs> I retweeted Thomas. Actually, said uh, I've had to uh, put, send this message out a thousand times. I have, have never, never voted, voted Tory. Yeah. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> Sometimes the accent's misleading. <laughs> <laughs> Matt and Adrienne. She thinks he's got fuck all chat, is yeah. what, I, what I get Ooh, gleaned from yeah. that. It's and like at first they said, yeah, things are really good. Yeah, they're connected. Then she came in with that. It connected on like a deep, deep level. Their values are the same, this and that, but they just mm. don't have much of a laugh. Oh, I, I know. I found that really interesting, actually, because it's quite rare for us to hear that or see that in life. 
a couple who connect on yeah like the real genuine level like the deep level and then what we might consider a more superficial level is really important of course that's yeah. what's interesting it was like yeah you can have like matching values but if someone doesn't make you laugh or get your humor or match you on your energy yeah. and actually i think the experts were really fair because they were like well is that like a yin yang situation where it'll make you stronger or is it a problem and they didn't mm. they didn't show what they think they they did it 50 50 of is it better or worse to yeah. be like that and they couldn't really answer it could they yeah i suppose she in, wants to have more fun doesn't she i yeah. think so <laughs> I, I think in in normal dating life that's what you're first looking at is just the superficial superficial do we have a, a chemistry do we have a vibe can we make each other laugh that's what the yeah. first dates are isn't it you're not talking about what are your values about money and yeah. all this you know and think of those sweet little old couples you see on Gogglebox who make each other laugh like that is like the pinnacle of what everyone's like grow old with somebody you're sitting on the sofa and they really make you laugh and obviously like looks will fade and like maybe you're no I guess your values have probably stayed quite consistent but you really yeah. want yeah. someone who gets you and makes you you don't have to explain your jokes you cannot grow old with somebody <laughs> you have to explain your jokes yeah but it's interesting with them because he picked on her a little bit for being like quote unquote a show off and now she's sort of picking on not picking on him but she's pulling out that he's too quiet so I guess it mm. does feel like they're not quite matching you know they're not quite even their loud and quiet personalities aren't necessarily complimenting each other yeah. it's more well, of a butting a, heads i did mm. a tweet at the while they were at the retreat saying this might even at these tricks he's <laughs> oh, keeping keeping no. his head down which i didn't think much of it but i, I feel like i've barely seen him involved in it he's I probably quite overwhelmed there's so yeah. many big characters and i can't remember with his little bit to camera at the beginning why did he apply for the show did he say because it doesn't feel very him yeah, it doesn't true. feel like he's throwing himself into the process or really wanting to like chat to the other couples or even get to I don't know I'm, maybe I'm being unfair but like what drew him to this program yeah. that is quite a big discussing your feelings discussing mm-hmm. your relationship program yeah. yeah whereas you can understand it more with Adrian because she lives in Cumbria which is you know there's not I imagine it's, it's not like living in a big city yeah she works in an industry you know, at Springfield Power Plant. <laughs> yes. you know, yeah. She's brought, again, a small pool to, to, to look at, you know. There could be a yeah. few engineers at her work, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a few Homer Simpson Carl and Lenny. <laughs> yes. so the one for the Simpsons fans. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe for Matt, coming in later has put him on the back foot a bit. Yes. Because if he'd been able to start these relationships from scratch with the boys you know they get that bit of time I mean I know it's a short bit of time it's an important they, month yeah. it's like a whole month before they bring in the new bees. yeah I agree I think that's probably bang on I think that would have helped Matt to not be a newbie whereas yes. Adrienne is more of a social butterfly she's more extrovert she kind of seems to enjoy that social side of it perhaps a bit more than Matt in the group situation yeah but having to come into a group that's already formed Mm. and and try and find some friendships is hard especially if you're not confident in groups and some people are long gone he could have been he could have been best mates with Terence yeah he's never met (laughs) Terence and particularly this group like we've said with Mm. Erica and Jordan they seem very closed off to the to the newcomers Mm. and Adrian and Matt came in like Mark and Sean at last. the most explosive yeah. dinner party yeah. and last because and last. Erica and Jordan and JJ and Erica had another week on them or two weeks on them didn't they because well, a week yes it was like yeah, two new yeah, couples that's right, another week. week two new couples yeah. hmm. too many new couples yeah. there's going to be another four coming in next week 
<laughs> Fake news. <laughs> okay, big story for me. Who wants to slag off Peggy first? <laughs> Do you know, I'm not going to slag off Peggy. I'm not. All I right. know you feel a certain way. But we'll see. I'll just see what you're going to say. No, you don't like it when people say some type of way. Yeah, okay. No, I do feel a certain way. You feel a certain way. I'm glad. All right, I'll start with the positive. I'm glad she wrote leave. I wish George had done the same. It's done. It is done. Mm. I think she knew he wouldn't because I don't think Peggy's done. Yeah. And so by writing leave, she was gambling that he'd write stay. I think she would have been really shocked if he'd written leave and that was it. Yeah. I don't think she was ready to go. I think she was writing leave and she almost admitted it to the camera. Right, now he can sh- he can see I mean business. He she needs said to she, listen She now. said something like, right, he's got to listen now, I wrote leave. And yeah. that was the game. She, not, I'm not saying it's not a game, it, the show, but like to, she did that for a reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, this has been an accusation online, a lot, of, a lot of game playing that she'd only written leave to sort of use it as a weapon to prod George with. I really felt for George. And I didn't think episode one I'd be at this point. <laughs> it's unbelievable. We didn't think we'd it ever feel sorry for George. <laughs> Mr. Tits 3000, I really didn't think I'd be at this point. But I, you can't you can't have somebody say, nobody likes you. Yeah. And I can't be with somebody that nobody likes. Because yeah. that it can't be true that nobody likes him. So that's a really cruel thing to say. Yeah. And I do feel like with Peggy, I don't dislike Peggy. But I feel like with Peggy, she is very black and white with her sort of moral approach to things or relationships or even her statements so saying like nobody likes you that's quite a black and white statement to yeah. make and it's too far-fetched it's not fair well another thing online which and i normally really don't like this this uh, mode of argument because i think it's too simplistic but i think it's interesting given that you two had both said last week in one of our, our episodes last week that there's an almost gender swap mm-hmm. in their relationship a lot of people going, if this was a man saying what she said to a woman, we'd all be shouting gaslighting. What you do is humiliating. You've got a brain. Why don't you use yeah. it? No one likes you. I can't be with someone that no one likes. This is fucking awful stuff to say to someone. I don't give a fuck about like, oh, I just, I'd, you know, I've got values in this. That I just want to be like, shut the fuck up. She, what, the way she's treating him is just cruel. I'm glad, the only thing she, good thing she's done is right, leave. Well, it did feel cruel because his body language was very oh, telling and yeah. he was brought to tears and I don't think mm-hmm. that was performative in any sort no, of way. God, no, It felt not. very real and he was sort of hunched over, I mean, this is a podcast so you can't see what <laughs> I'm doing, but like sort of hunched over, really sort of into himself, yeah. really bit broken. Mm-hmm. And that was horrible to see because I guess one of the main things that she has against him is like, oh, you're such a performer, you're such yeah. a like big... And we haven't seen the entertainer I know. that keeps being mentioned. Yeah. yeah. This is the frustrating thing. And I said to you, how many people aren't different around yeah, their friends of course. compared to with their partner, their, whoever they're in an intimate relationship with? You just are. People are different well, in different s- situations and groups. Yeah. And Again, last week you said about me that when we're out, I'll say anything to, to get to <laughs> get anything to get a laugh. You bigot. I think I think as well. Like my favourite phrase because it's just useful is like two things can be true at once. Yeah. And so yeah. I just use it all the time because it's an easy get out. But for Peggy, she was like, I don't understand. Like he's different with me, and then he's loud. But he, you know, she said something like he's loud with without but he has insecurities. I'm like, well, those two things can be true. Yeah. Of, course loud, <laughs> yeah. of course loud people can have insecurities. Yeah. So it's almost like she has 
I think with Peggy, the problem is she did have a cardboard cutout of what she wanted. George is this nuanced man with, you know, his own foibles and his own, he's got strengths and weaknesses, but she's almost like not allowing him to Mm. be this multi-faceted person with conflicting strengths and conflicting characteristics, which we all have, like we all have these things. And she's not, it's so sad to see because he did look really broken. She's not helping him be himself and drawing him out and being like, you know, there's ways of phrasing things, aren't there? Like, if he has this louder than life personality, can't she use it in a nice way of being like, it's so amazing, you want to t- you want to entertain everyone, I want to see more of that at home, like, bring... I don't know, do you know what I mean? Of like, can she not word it where she's supporting him for who he is, but asking to see more of certain elements, rather than saying, nobody likes you, mm-hmm. you're a fake... Mm stop being I want to see the real George yeah, I'm that, sick of hearing about the real that well, is the real George well to his own admission though afterwards he was like well maybe I have been putting on a front but I think that's because he feels gaslit yeah yeah. and that was what was sad about the end of what he was saying because mm-hmm. it was like he was starting to believe that he wasn't his own person and yeah but he did say he recognises about himself that he's always done that put on a different front a different mask with different people he did say he's always done that. But like you say, and we, he probably we all do, is, that, we all do that. But does he do it more so than others? Is there something about those parts of his self aren't integrated enough yet? I don't know. But he did recognise that about himself, didn't he? So maybe there is something that's true about that. Both things are true. Exactly. That he does need to do a bit mm-hmm. of that, maybe. But then it's probably also true that Peggy needs to accept these different parts of him as well and they make up who the real George is um, it's not like it's that messy. part's true and that's yeah. not that part exactly it, it's, yeah they're all parts of him exactly but I, would say, I would say yeah fine we that can be true that he he is there's such a big difference between how he is with Peggy and how he is with the rest of the group that maybe he needs to find a way to bring those two things closer together yeah. Yeah. but my question would be is Peggy worth it is Peggy worth him doing all that work? Mm. What the fuck does he get out of it? She seemed quite dull to me, to be honest. Like, Molly she, said he really cares for her. He said he really cares for her. We've only seen like the judgmental sort of side, haven't we? We haven't seen them be really fun together or like yeah, or like affectionate always, yeah. together. We've just seen her pull apart his hobbies. Yeah, hobbies but, quote, passions quote. We're into, we're into week six. I don't think I've I've seen any anything that would would warrant this continuing. That they're they're, quite, yeah, they're quite affectionate when they come back to the couch. Yeah, they look they after each other. I, I worry that with this, I'm going to say what you hate me saying, which is like the edit. I just don't understand these two characters of George because we haven't really been shown those. No. We don't see like a really different person. I thought Mel said it really well. So Mel said, "Can we bring an integration of the two Georges?" And what was nice about that was it was saying to Peggy he shouldn't have to give up one of his personas yeah. to fit your cookie cutter. I feel like she's, again, going back to the black and white approach she has, I feel like she's got this clean cut cookie cutter of the man she wants. And because she can't <laughs> shove George to fit, she wants him to just give up. Just cut one off of his, certain parts. Yeah, cut off yeah. things that don't fit her cookie cutter. And it's like, well, no, can we integrate the, you know, clown that he feels like he sometimes needs to be and the karma, like, behind closed doors guy because you're allowed to have clownish you're allowed to have a fun side mm-hmm. you're allowed to have oh and like I guess she mentioned the video again and it's like if she can't let that go she needs to write leave <laughs> yeah. and she needs to mean leave yeah. because she's asking him to change who he is yeah the best case scenario is now they both leave next week I sort of don't see the point of them them carrying on I was thinking what is it that could happen this week that would actually help Peggy to move on from all of this 
and I'm not sure what it is that could actually happen in real terms yeah. this week for her to move on from that. Well, they're doing um, they're doing the partner swapping, which is surely the worst thing that could happen <laughs> for them. Oh, for bloody a- hell. <laughs> There's me not watching the trailer, so I don't even know. What's I, don't know. I don't know. You know, our initial response last night when we when we watched the the teaser was, "Oh, that's the worst. That's, that's the last thing them. they need." Yeah. But then actually, maybe if George goes and spends time with whoever Roz. And it's just like, oh, you know what? This is my life could be a lot easier with mm, with Peggy. Yeah. I, it's nice not being criticised every day. Mm. Yeah, or maybe if Peggy goes with one of the boys who maybe is on George's side a bit more, because we did see Arthur say something like, "Oh, he's only done it once. Mm. It's not that big a deal," or something like that. Maybe then Peggy will get a different perspective around what this actually means this video and the twitch and what have you so when peggy says like nobody likes you what are we missing that george is like and i'm not defending her saying that because it's a horrible thing to say but she seemed to mean it yeah and why did the girls not back him at all and when they split girls and boys groups what is it that we're not seeing of george yeah that was really offended peggy has offended all the girls has made the boys not stand up for him enough like what do you know what i mean yeah but what we have to remember is that when they had to choose when the girls had to choose another husband Uh, laura chose george oh right yeah yeah so uh, laura i think we had adrian i think she likes george if she choose him as a husband Mm. so adrian in his interview with us last week spoke quite highly of george yeah Mm. i know it frustrates me because I want to be able to understand why Peggy feels so vehemently that he's disliked when we haven't seen that. Yeah. And really, we think it's possibly not true. Well, it just goes back to, I think we've said this a few times now, but you and I, Claire, episode one, we wrote him off because I just thought he spoke so abhorrently about women. Yeah. (laughs) And then... Is that the stuff about the tits? There's stuff about the tits. (laughs) And then I've liked him progressively more each week because he hasn't been that caricature. Yeah. And I guess that is an example of him having a persona that's a mm. bit dist- distasteful and a bit like in between as he and like we haven't seen that, but maybe that's still been there, but we haven't been shown it mm-hmm. because the girls are still not liking him or Peggy thinks nobody likes him. Like, what's he been saying that's not shown in the show, or has or has there not been anything? Yeah, and Peggy's just holding on to previous hurts or mm. the bloody twitch. <laughs> yeah. we, we're not going to know, are we? We're not no. going to know. We're not, we're not going to know. It's similar to the whole the whole Luke thing. Again, I'm going to repeat. I don't want to watch additional footage <laughs> to, to try and work footage. out. I've seen enough of George, like just on my phone, you know. <laughs> Squatting. I've seen enough of Luke and stuff. It's like it's fine. We need like a special channel that's just called Show Us the Tapes, and it's just the things that we can't agree on. And it's like the edit in between where Luke has said he was misconstrued, or it's the parts where Peggy is saying George has been a clown. It's like, yeah. well, show us the tapes, and we'll decide for ourselves. I, I wonder if we're going to see stuff at the reunion. If we're going to mm. see stuff that unseen footage, maybe that will ex- explain things. But. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned for the interview with Owen and Michelle. That'll be that'll be a nice a nice change of pace. <laughs> <laughs> They're <laughs> lovely. Yeah, it's a breath of fresh air. Yeah, it's nice to go back to a simpler time. <laughs> <laughs> Ye old maps. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us at Maths Hysteria on Twitter for live tweeting during the shows and on Instagram for other great maths content. But for now, goodbye from me, Omar Abid. Goodbye from me, Sarah Clark. Goodbye from me, Claire Limer Abid. Yeah, please feel free to get in touch with, you know, tweets or direct messages or whatever. 
don't just come banging on our door because <laughs> <laughs> it's very triggering for us. <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Maths Hysteria. This is very exciting. I'm Sarah Clark and I am joined by Michelle and Owen from Series 5. Hello, guys. Hello. It's so lovely to have you. I just watched Series 5 like a month ago, so you're fresh in my... For some people, it would have been a couple of years ago that they haven't seen you since, but you are fresh in my mind as just (laughs) the most gorgeous couple Thank you. You probably remember it better than we do. Yeah. (laughs) Is it a bit of a blur? I think so. It just feels like so far removed now, doesn't it? We were saying the other day, it just feels like, because it was, what, like three and a half years ago. It just feels like so uh, kind of mad and removed from real life in a lot of ways. But It very rarely comes up nowadays that question of how do you meet whereas for the first couple of years obviously people kind of knew and asked a lot of questions but now it really rarely comes up i actually had it the other day i was at a work meeting i met someone new from work and we were chatting about where we lived and as we just moved down south he grew up around this area it's like oh well, but how, how do you meet her why'd you move so far down south? then i had to go through the whole this is the whole story of 45 minutes later we got to the end of it but yeah it's rare that we go through that um that detail anymore I was going to say that's never going to be a quick response. If you say, oh, we met on Married at First Sight, no one's going to go, oh, cool. <laughs> There's always going to be some follow-up questions yeah. of what the hell? I want to know everything. And I'm sure our listeners now are going to want to know everything about what it's really like to meet on Married at First Sight because you are one of the very few success stories, so to speak, of people who are very happily still together. Anyone who follows your Instagram will just love and adore you. You are over at maths underscore Owen and Michelle. And it's very, very clear to us all that you were just beautifully in love and expecting a little one. Yes, we are expecting a little one in December this year. Yeah, I think was it today we realised you went to your third trimester? Yes. Officially yeah. two thirds of the way through. Really. I, I'm like, excited for pregnancy to be over i'm not gonna lie <laughs> have you been contacted by anyone from channel 4 who wants to film the birth i don't think so i think i guess the big thing is like the format of the show when we were on it was very different and i think now 
they're kind of going for a different sort of vibe, aren't they? So I think they're probably not as interested. I know. I was going to ask you about this. Obviously, I'm a huge maths fan. I presume you two are maths fans since you've been on it. And it has really changed over the last couple of years in particular. And it seems to be following more of the Aussie vibe of dinner parties and drama. If you were applying now, would you just not apply? Is it not your thing anymore? Or would you still be tempted if you were single? So I, I still, I like, I like watching it, but yeah, I don't think I would apply for it now. Um, just because I, I think one of the big draws for me was like the concept of marriage as well. And because now there is a, a slight different thing with it being legal and not legal. And we were legally married. Whereas I think there's probably different focus and maybe you don't get the same level of like, you're both on the same level and the same level of commitment from the offset because you don't have that kind of legal element to it. Um, so I just think, yeah, for me, love watching it probably wouldn't apply to it now. Yeah, whereas I had never watched Mario First Sight before. And oh, really? And only really watch it now because Michelle watches it. So I wouldn't have had any idea. So yes, they would still probably would have applied, not knowing what was going on, basically. <laughs> That's absolutely hilarious because you'd apply now and you'd end up on like a version of Love Island and you'd be looking around going, what the hell am I on? <laughs> yeah, it'd be a bit crazy. So some of our listeners won't actually, if they're new to maths, they won't actually realise that you guys were legally married on the show. Yeah, series one through series five, um, all legal marriages. So we had to go down to do our notice to marry and stuff. A month before we met, we did it two days, a day apart, obviously, so we didn't meet each other, but... Um, yeah, all the normal legalities had to do prenuptial agreements, write our wills, yeah. do all sorts of stuff to be ready for you know the wedding, basically. That is amazing. So take us back. Let's go through it chronologically because I'm fascinated by the detail of this and how you actually get on the show. So if we go back to when you applied, what led both of you to actually take that step? I'll go first, shall I? I think, well, although it's not dissimilar for both of us, you were a bit it was probably had a slightly more intoxicated version of the story. <laughs> um, but I think for me, I, I was 25 at the time and I hadn't really enjoyed online dating very much. And I was kind of like, why not? I, I just sort of thought, well, I can try it. I think as a minimum, I'll meet someone that I'll get on well with because we're, we're being match made, right? So like, even if there's not a spark there, it's going to be someone that's going to be really important in my life. So it's a good experience. And I just, yeah, it was a bit of a why not kind of thing. YOLO! <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Age 25, did you feel that you were ready to be married, to settle down? Yeah, I think so. I think I had, you know, I'd had a couple of relationships when I was in my younger 20s. And then I had a couple of years not in a relationship. And I was quite happy with everything else in my life. You know, the career was where I like I was on track to where I wanted it to be. Um, happy with all my like friendships and family and felt quite settled and everything. And it was just the like missing piece. And I was like, if this is the way to get there, I, I think I probably hadn't been that bothered about marriage before and so it felt like you know why not if it doesn't go well it doesn't go well and I can get divorced and then I can start again you know yeah. if absolutely worst comes to the worst whereas like, I was like it might just work out perfectly yeah yeah well what a risk worth taking when you look back now do you feel so proud of 25 year old you 
I mean, I feel like 25-year-old me probably had a bit of a screw loose because it was a wild decision. Uh, but, but, I mean, very, very grateful that it's worked out. Very happy in our lives. Absolutely. And so, what was yeah. your experience? Yeah. Well, I, so my, I, I was 31, I think 30, 31. I can't remember what I was when I applied. Um, I had a couple of long-term relationships, girlfriends I'd lived with and stuff. Didn't really like the dating app Sims and Michelle, um, but wasn't really looking to get married. I wasn't really looking to meet anyone. I was just sort of happy with work and house. Everything was all good. And then um, Michelle jokes over being intoxicated. Genuinely, I was. Me and me and a friend went for a few beers after work. He went out for a cigarette, and I was just scrolling Instagram, sipping my pint, and the, it stopped as he came back in. I went, oh, look, wouldn't it be funny if I applied for this show? And it was an advert of Married at First Sight. And he just went, yeah. Yeah, it would be really funny because you definitely get on. You should do it. So a few beers later, applied for the show. And then um, three months later, I was walking down the aisle. So it's... Uh, three months after that? It was that quick? Yeah, yeah. So wow. Michelle was a bit longer, wasn't Mine it? Mine was a bit longer, right? Because you can sort of apply as like a window of time. So I think I applied maybe in the October, November time and... We got married in March, whereas you were literally Jan, well, late December, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, so I, I applied, I think, a week before Christmas. They rang me the next day and asked me to do, like, a little video thing, which I sent in. Then they rang me the day after that and were like, right, I want to book in these dates in January. And then from, I think I had my, like, telephone interview thing they do. It was, like, an hour and a half asking about your love life and all that sort of stuff. I think that was first week of January. And then... um by the end of January, no, I think first week of uh, February, after all the other steps you go through, we were we were engaged to be married. So, yeah, and then it was middle of Absolutely. March. Nuts. I love it. And when you woke up the day after all those beers and you'd applied and they phoned you, were you looking at your friend like, what the hell have I done? And were you excited? Did you think I've done the right thing here? This is exciting. Or were you like hating on your friend? <laughs> Well, I, did, I didn't, I was at work and I, I'd given like my work number. So I did, it was just another phone call coming through my phone. It's like, hi, Owen speaking, you know. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, this, I can't remember her name. Lovely lady from, I can't remember from the production team. It's like, this is from uh, Married at First Sight. We got your application. I was like, uh, uh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, off we went. So I was a bit, a bit shocked, but. I feel like you just don't, with these things, you don't really, re like, you sort of think, oh, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Like that, I think I definitely had a thing of like, oh, it's not going to really happen anyway. Um, and then every time, like the way the process works is there's lots and lots of like sort of steps and you speak to different people and there's different layers of questions and all of that. And each time you think, oh, no, it's not it's not going to happen. Like at this point, they'll say no. And then it's just the next step and the next step and the next step. And then suddenly, yeah, end of January, start of February, they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, you're getting married. And it's like, oh, Okay. Um, and by then you've sort of warmed up like a frog in a boiling pan of like, oh, <laughs> this started off like, yeah, you've just, you've been warmed up to it, haven't you? My yeah. word. Absolutely hilarious. I feel like this might be wrong, but I feel like maybe there was, you were a good quality bloke that had applied and they just leapt on you because I wonder if there weren't that many decent guys. There aren't many guys in general who apply for the show, I don't think. So um, yeah. if you want to get married, apply for married at first size. You, you, yeah, you any listening? So I met, I met a couple of, I met, well, I certainly met one of the other people who got sort of matched and stuff. So they do, the process is quite, for our series, is quite extensive. They do a lot of background checks 
They spoke to uh, my best friend. They spoke to my ex-girlfriend, right? They really go into detail about you. You load wow. the personality test. You get quiz. We got quizzed by Angela, the psychiatrist. Like she really went to town. Um, and then you get invited to a, they call it a singles day. And I thought it would be like the X Factor. They'd be like a minute in front of a camera, work out if you, you know, your face fits and there'll be thousands of people there and off you go and it's done. And I remember I got to mine at the end of January and I was one of nine blokes that were there. And I was wow. like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm through, right? Like I'm, <laughs> I'm through. Like this is like, there's, there's me and nine other guys and. We're in the single figures. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, a few of them are like quite friendly guys. And they, they'd had a few other single days, but like friendly guys, but some of them weren't very chatty or whatever. And then by the end of the day, there's only three or four of us left. One of whom was a guy who got matched, but they didn't get married because, um, because uh, the COVID cancelled their wedding. And I was just like, oh, I'm, uh, yeah, like this is, this is happening. I think, I think it was in the car journey home from London that day where I went through every single emotion of, this is the stupidest thing you've ever done in your life to this could be amazing. This could be the love of my life, which I did. Or and I think I settled on very similar to Michelle. What's the worst that could happen? You know, at the end of in six months time, I'll be divorced, but I'm in my thirties. That's not too uncommon for my age. And I'll have some really great stories to tell about that time. I went on married at first sight. So yeah, it's a, it's a weird process, but yeah, for, for men, I don't think there are as many applicants, you know, you're talking, Maybe one out of every nine applicants probably a bloke. So it's it's right. in your favor. Amazing, and I just love that attitude because I think that's sort of how you have to go into it. I guess like what's the worst thing that can happen? Hoping for the best, preparing for the worst, and obviously you guys, everyone loves you too because it's been such a gorgeous story to watch. Would you say the attraction was immediate on your wedding day? For me, for me, it was definitely. <laughs> <laughs> story now because <laughs> I said so as you can see now I am currently wearing glasses and I do need glasses and I decided not to wear them on the day and so I couldn't actually see him for quite a while until I got basically to the end of the aisle um but yes I was attracted to him from the off. She, she found my blurry outline attractive that's what <laughs> she happened, right? like, I think there's a bloke there <laughs> oh bless that's so sweet I mean our listeners don't know you're wearing glasses but I can confirm she's wearing a lovely pair of tortoiseshell <laughs> glasses but yeah that doesn't help if you if you can't really see who's at the end but I guess there was you're very warm people you're very friendly you're very real so did you immediately have that feeling of like this person's genuine yeah I think that was I think that's the big thing and that was the thing I was worried about in, in the lead up was I think so much of attraction is there's obviously an element of physical attraction always. Um, but there's also what makes you physically attracted to person is, are you attracted to them as a person? You know, if are they giving you a vibe that, that makes you feel calm and makes you feel like happy. And I just instantly, instantly felt it as soon as I walked in the room, even though I couldn't see you. And then I was, I mean, you can see it in the footage, but I am just squeezing his hand. Like I can hardly look, my eyes are going all over the place. I'm so nervous, but you were just so calm. And I think that I was like, yeah, this is it. You can quite, you can, you can tell because you just a person makes you feel like yeah this is, that is i've got goosebumps guys i'm a real romantic but that is absolutely gorgeous and do you remember feeling just flooded flooded with relief that this was happening and it was a nice person a normal person like quote unquote normal <laughs> just do you remember just feeling like oh this this actually could be lovely 
I, I don't know if I'd use the word belief because it was so quick. Did you feel like it was quick? Yeah, well, no, I had a slightly different because I was in the room before you were yeah. there. So I was, I think I was really nervous going into the room where we were getting married, but I had 25 of my friends and family there and Michelle had 25 of hers there. And I was in the room for a good 20, 30 minutes before Michelle came in. So I'd obviously God. spoken to all of her friends. I'd met my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law before I met my wife, right? So, um which was were, you could... were you looking for clues in the friends and family of what she might look like or be like? Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it was, yeah. And also I got uh, this, this this barrage of information because our friends and family had been in the room probably an hour together before I even went in there because filming takes ages. Um, and so they'd all been chatting. And so, like, I sort of went to say hello to my mum and my sister and they're like, they they live they live down south near us. That that you'll be moving, you know. I just got like a barrage of information. That Welsh by descent, blah 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 that that. So I just knew a lot of information before I even met them. But then you like you say you meet her friends, especially who she grew up with and stuff, and you can kind of you know get a good gauge of what. Like I meet her sister as well, and they're quite similar in in age and stuff. So you can kind of get a really good gauge for what she was like. So my anxiety and like worry for the day. I got like 20 minutes of, well, this is quite reassuring. And like, they were all smiling at me. They all seemed to like me. So that's a good sign as well that she might like me. So mine was a lot less stressful, whereas you just had to walk into a room. And yeah. And I, the thing is, I, I had been calm in the whole build up, the six weeks of, you know, knowing you're engaged. And then I stood outside this door and it just sort of hit me that it's, you know, this isn't just like a play thing. This is an actual married you know, an actual marriage, you're actually getting married to this person in the next five minutes. Um, you don't have a clue about anything about them, um, except, yeah, their first name. I um, I think that's really interesting, the traditional setup of the woman, if it's a heteronormative relationship, girl, boy, you coming in and the groom, you've already had a chance to have those 20 minutes of meeting the friends and family. You have such a advantage there yeah. of staying or running running away um whereas you're really coming in quite blind aren't you michelle mm. as blind is the worst one to say with yeah. no glasses on <laughs> literally yeah, yeah. And, and literally <laughs> and and i think and that's why when you say relief i think i just didn't really have the chance to because it just felt like a whirlwind because it was banging straight into marriage then you're signing a register and then we were whisked outside and then we were kind of separated again for a little bit because they wanted to have all our moments recorded. Had us in separate separate spaces, like down a corridor from each other for a bit. But we couldn't see each other. But we could see each other, but we weren't allowed to speak to each other. And it was just a bit bizarre, but, it, but everything felt so quick that it right. was like you didn't have that moment of because it was oh. The next thing and also you've still got so much to learn about the other person and then you've got their family and friends to meet and the whole that whole day just like zoomed past very quickly um, I find it really fascinating obviously I'm talking to you now but I'm such a fan of the show and it's so interesting to hear anything and I think our listeners will be the same anything from behind the scenes of filling in the blanks of how does it actually happen how like it's just fascinating to us of how much of the producers involved in what you say to camera, how much you see each other, like you say. And and we don't we didn't know that part, Owen, of you having been in the room for quite a long time with friends and family. That bit's edited out. Obviously, you see you smile at the family and you see a little bit of that. But knowing that you've had a chance to chat, you must have felt so much more like relieved and, and calm. Is there anything else from your wedding day that viewers might not know or do you remember that is like a behind the scenes 
I I got my I got a superpower that day. Do you remember? Because we were because you're mic'd up for the entire day, and because you're like the focal point of production team. If you want something, you just say it quite loudly. Well, I'd love a beer, and then someone just appears with a beer. It's amazing. amazing. <laughs> I wish I wish my entire life was like that. So that's Owen's takeaway from the event. I was having a lovely wedding day. He was like, "Ah, oh, I get beer." I think, I think one of the sort of really interesting bits for me, that, and it's interesting to watch series past it and see all the backstage like pits on their Instagram of the people who are, are on the new series, is when you get matched, so when, when you get matched with someone, so we got given the same um, director and producer, right? A lady called Emma and a guy called Kieran. Love, amazing people. So they came to my house to tell me, and they so they split the filming on the build-up to the wedding between both of us, right? So it's the same people which meant they knew each of us, but obviously couldn't tell us anything about it. And at the end of our wedding day, we went upstairs early before the end of the party to do the like filming bit you see. And then the cameras go down and we were able to just sit and have a chat, the four of us, with Emma and Kieran, who we both made good friends with by that point. You know, I talked about them in my in my wedding speech and everything. Um, and just have a drink with them and, and like hear the stories of like, Oh, and do you remember when you asked us this and we couldn't tell you, but like Michelle had done this. So it was because you, you grill them. You've got their numbers. You're constantly grilling them, sort of saying, you know, like, is she like and, this? Is she like that? And they had a particularly hard job because so although Owen was up in Sheffield, his family is actually lives very close to my family. So at points they had was were doing filming for Owen, but would have to like drive past my sister's flat. Um, no, and, you know, obviously they were like living in fear that because if they were noticed in a car with a man, then instantly my sister would know, oh, well, that must be the man because why else would they be with him in the And we know your sister, we know Kat from the show. She would have been jogging down past that car trying to find out what she could find. She would have, yeah, she would have definitely tried to get the information. You know what? I think that's so lovely picturing the four of you sat upstairs and genuine friends with the producers and they were able to relax off camera and be like do you like each other it's worked hasn't it like we've done a really good job and they and they stay but they then stay with you throughout the filming after the wedding so it's the same two people all the way up until you finish filming which is nice because when you feel nice and comfortable around to have those conversations but two you know there's that trust there and and, and like i said you know good friends we've met we've met with them since and it's, it's lovely to and we keep in touch with them you know he still chats them every now and then so it's good to sort of stay in touch and and see no, them, I think. Really um, nice. Yeah, it's, it is. I think it's one of the nice bits of the show that you get the opportunity to do that. I know some people don't necessarily gel with their director and producer, and that can be a challenge. Um, but we we were so lucky with the people we got matched with, as in not each other, but the you know the yeah. that, that <laughs> you it was matched great. with in so, terms of your producer. Yeah, yeah. What we, what we haven't spoken about yet is what happened next. For anyone who hasn't seen series five, lockdown, the bloody pandemic hit just as you spent your first week together yeah so we'd we'd had our well we had so they had planned obviously an abroad honeymoon um but then obviously things started to kick off a bit earlier in like italy and malta which i think had been where they planned to take us so then they sort of redirected us um and we went to edinburgh which was wonderful but also a bit because it was almost like a ghost town because official lockdown hadn't happened yet but there was that kind of like everyone was a bit scared right and anxious so it was a lot quieter and so we'd had that those few days um 
which kind of felt almost a bit like a lockdown anyway, because it was just us in this little bubble. And then we had, we we were, they had arranged for us to stay in a property in Brighton, wasn't it? Um, to make it easy for both of our works. Um, but then, yeah, we literally turn on the news and they're like, tomorrow people are going into natural lockdown. And we were like, or we might want somewhere that's, you know, got a garden and stuff like that. Um, so we ended up going to uh, your stepdad and mum's place and they were in a, in their kind of like holiday property and we ended up being there and then it was lockdown. <laughs> um, and it was funny because to watch it as a viewer, it felt like such a gift. And looking back, it must have been quite scary and weird and discombobulating of suddenly you're with this stranger in a house and there's not even any producers, I presume. It's just the two of you filming to the camera um, on your own. But it, it looked so gorgeous in retrospect of you being put because you were clearly such a good match. And as a viewer, you're like, this is going to work. Um, and you had the chance to just really organically get to know each other without too much input. And it must have felt, I mean, I'll ask you for your own opinions, obviously, but it it looked like you were given a bit of a gift in a weird sort of pandemic <laughs> pandemic yeah. way. How did it feel at the time? No, we, de we definitely felt that. We we got given handy cams, so there's some of the footage was filmed on handy cams and stuff, but um, I think we were on our own. We didn't see anybody else for, for a month, right? And we were, you know, I was working from home, Michelle was working from home, whereas we would have been in the office had the pandemic not been happening and trying to work around everything. So... We were just so, so lucky um, that we got that opportunity to do that. Um, and then and then they, I think Channel 4 kind of realised you were still allowed to film. It was kind of part of this essential service thing and, and all that sort of stuff. And at one essential. point, actually, the way we kind of got round the um, lockdown things is our producer, Emma, moved in for like a like a week or something, basically, because yeah. you were allowed to move out. So we're like, that lets her cut. So she lived with us and, and you know, which was fantastic because one of our friends was there with us. Managed to do some of the filming that you saw um, in that week, but yeah, we'd had a we'd had a month together, just the two of us. It didn't feel like you had a third wheel living with you when she was there. Not at all. No, not at all. She's she's a really lovely lady, and she's just um, you know she's just got a camera sat in the corner, really. So it's not you, know, you don't really know. It's it's she had to wear all the masks. Yeah. <laughs> it was oh, worth that hot tub you had a hot tub didn't you it looked like just such a lovely setup glass of champagne we were so we were so so lucky because it's even it's even the added stress of so if, if the filming had have gone as planned it's really only six to eight weeks post the wedding so you have like loads of dates booked in like um there's gonna be a weekend away with the experts um and like a like a love boot camp or something they called it I can't what it's going to be um and there was like events where you know we were going to go to one of my friend's weddings she was getting married a few weeks after we were um which is pressure right because my plus one is suddenly this random stranger and the tv cameras at this person's wedding and it's you know um all these things have been arranged so but and we'd also we'd have been living in brighton and we'd have both had a two hour each way commute to work every day um oh because that was like the central point that we could work from. So it was, it was, um, yeah, the, the added pressure, we would have been fine. We know we would have been fine. But I think the added pressure of um, of that might have, you know, really put a strain on us in terms of, we might just not have got as close as we did so quickly, just because we wouldn't have had that time together. So yeah, we were so, 
So it was much. almost like you were stranded on like a love desert island. Like you, you were matched with your stranger, and then you were just left to your own devices. And it was really sunny. I remember from the filming. And like I said, you yeah. did have that hot tub. You had a garden. You really landed on your feet back, being able to borrow that house. And yeah. it just looked like such a gorgeous love story unfolding. It was magical to watch. I'm sure it was difficult at the time in other ways, like missing your real family and friends. And you know. Yeah. But did you find that you argued at all or felt awkward with each other or was it just so natural? It was, it was, I don't think we argued at all. It was just very natural. We're both very good. We, we learned really early on how to communicate with each other. So if there was a issue or challenge, you know, we knew that we could just take a step back and bring it up and we'd address it between us and stuff. So we never really had any challenges, did yeah. we? I think, I think it was actually the first night of our honeymoon where it was probably the only like challenge i think yeah as, as you were saying about kind of like behind the cameras behind the scenes kind of element of it i think the, the tricky thing about being filmed is that naturally there, there are uh, questions that are quite hard-hitting sometimes are quite difficult or you know the viewers want to know things that um, are quite personal. And when you're sat opposite a stranger, you don't necessarily know how they're going to take you revealing this personal information. But we then, you know, would have these conversations behind camera where we would say, you know, we just say whatever at the time and we can also we can always talk about it more later. Um, and, yeah, we worked that out pretty early on and then it just made it so much easier. Yeah, I think that's how we now approach if we're having an argument or disagreement. We kind of now have that thing where we can just say whatever to each other within reason, obviously. Um, yeah. But we know that we'll come back and we'll, you know, we'll both talk about it. We'll both listen to the person's point. So I think it was kind of a blessing in disguise that first. It was something to do with your parents, with how your parents met or something. It was, and again, it was Emma, who's the producer, just doing her job, director, just doing her job, right? Just saying, oh, Michelle, why don't you talk about how your parents met? Because it was very much love at first sight. You know, wouldn't that be lovely? Um and Michelle got quite like, oh, I don't want the pressure of saying, you know, my parents have this fantastic meet, so we should do the same. But yeah, so I think after that, we, we yeah, as Michelle said, we kind of learn immediately that evening off the camera how to communicate with each other effectively. So then we knew any argument or disagreement, we could just do that. And, we, and to this day, that's what we do, right? So if we, you know, if we're out with friends or in front of family and one of us says something, you know, the other person doesn't agree with, we don't bicker there and then we'll just talk about it later and, you know, sort it out. So, yeah, again, almost, just really lucky. Um, that's amazing. I was going to say you're almost too mature for the show because they need to see the fireworks of you having the argument in front of the camera. And you're like, no, 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 we've sorted it out. We do it behind closed doors. <laughs> well, this is, this is, this we is did, the big problem. We ruined problem. it for people, didn't we? Yeah. We had a terrible This is the thing. This is, I, think, I think it was Emma who actually said it to us at, at some point during, towards the end of the filming um because they were trying she was trying like she was saying like we need to find something you're not agreeing on right and it ended up being the where are you going to live piece Sheffield which, yeah we, we agreed on already but you know we had to sort of play along that we'd not um yeah but you know she said like as much as um as much as the whole point of the television show is to have people meet fall madly in love and live happily ever after that makes really boring television <laughs> um so actually you know it, that's that, I think that's part of the motivation for this new format is because people love drama. That's what makes good TV. It's what people pay for to watch on TV. So, you know, it's yeah, a shame, we, isn't it? Couldn't really bring I it. I can never 
understand. I can understand that. I can also understand the other side because I really loved watching you guys because it felt so real, and it's really it's really satisfying and really like heartwarming to see people put together by experts, and it gives you more of a sense of trust of the experts. Of, oh, they know what they're doing. This is a really really strat, and it has that sense of wonder of like these guys might never have met had it not been for this TV show. Why would they ever have bumped into each other? Have you have you found that there's any links? Have you got like six degrees of separation where you have a cousin who has a friend who you might has a hairdresser yeah. that you might have met? It's not even six it's, degrees. It's like one degree. So the the weirdest thing, and this is one of the things they'd worked out on the wedding day, is that my dad went to the same college as Owen's mum at the same time. At the same time, they we, we and we found an old picture, and they literally stood like two. Your mum is stood two yeah. rows back. Um, and so that yeah that that was really weird. And then as I say, Owen's sister lives literally ten minutes around the corner from my yeah. mum, my sister. So there's many times, and like your your grandma's old house where your sister now lives is so close that you would have gone to the same like country parks as me as a kid, and like had holidays in this, you know, in where I live. Yeah, there's a t- like my sister goes to the same gym and spa that your mum was a, a massage therapist at. Um, I think wow. when my granny went to sell the house that my sister bought. Um, it initially listed with a state agent where your sister works. There's just so many, like, there's so many potential crossover between our families. Not so much Michelle and I, because I was up in Sheffield and she was down in Hastings. But yeah. our families were, you know, going to the same shops and being in the same area all the time. Um, and you know, but and then- had never, had never, you know, had never known each other. Yeah, which is the weirdest thing. It's you're right. It's weird. You can be so close and yet yes. never actually cross paths. It makes you wish you could see a sort of supernatural heat map of you passing each other potentially one random Wednesday five years ago as you were visiting your sister or something. And did we ever walk past each other in the street or at the spa? That is amazing. (laughs) And I wanted to ask you about the other couple who you were filmed with. Have you stayed in touch with David or Shireen? Only kind of via social media, really. Yeah, we, we... We stayed in touch with them a little bit, like, especially as the show came out, we were chatting to them quite a bit. And then it just gone, it just sort of dropped off and they sort of went back to their lives. Um, mm-hmm. David met um, Matea, his, are they married now? Yeah, they yeah, got tied the knot. So, um, you know, he he was happy as Larry and, and um, yeah, Shireen was sort of happy back in her life as well. So, yeah, we, we've, like, we could text them if we wanted to, but, you know, there's no, not really a need to, that makes sense. There were, obviously, it was an unusual series where there were just two couples filmed. Obviously, there was another couple that we know about, um, but only two of you filmed. Do you feel like you were all edited fairly and shown in a fair light, you guys and them? Did you have a sense of, oh, we've been edited to look a certain way? Because they had more drama, obviously, on their side in their relationship. Yeah. I, I think we we definitely felt like we had a very fair edit. Mm. I think it's probably a lot easier to do that when two people are getting on. And I think it's it's very difficult, isn't it, when when two people are not getting on. Um, you naturally say things that perhaps you don't mean um, or you don't – you, the emotions are a lot more heightened. And I think certainly Shireen, I know, felt like she didn't get a good edit. Yeah. Um, and I do think that that's probably a fair thing to say. Yeah, Although you say those things – 
if context is taken out sometimes it can yeah, yeah and you, you've got to think within tv there's always a, a antagonist and a victim right so you know within that relationship i'd suggest that they're probably both as bad as each other um but also just as good as each other right because they weren't bad about it the yeah. bits we saw and interacting with um you know shireen wasn't a, this terrible lady that she she sometimes was made out to be on this thing she, they were both absolutely lovely i think the you know the producer just made a decision that one of them's got to come across as a bad person they looked at the footage and gone right we're gonna to have to edit this in david's favor over shireen's but they were both as much to blame for the relationship not working but also it was neither their fault it just wasn't a good match so i'm interested once you've been on the show it must change how you view the following series because you think oh how's that been edited or what have they been asked to get that answer presumably you watch it with slightly different glasses on yeah it, i think it changes all tv like it's only been recently i've been able to watch a reality tv show and not be like that's a producer time to say that or you know because you see how things are produced and and you know repetition like i think the australian one was such a great example of it where it, they almost have like regular storylines in terms of couples cheating and then splitting up and you know it, it's repetitive in terms of the, the stuff you see so i think it ruined not just married at first sight but tv in general oh my gosh it has ruined tv in a way for you like reality tv <laughs> but then in some ways it adds to my experience of it because i kind of like the fact that you can see that extra element so you can see whether it's someone sort of being played a line or whether it's a kind of true authentic reaction because you kind of have a slightly bigger sense for it because there is obviously a lot of it is very authentic if you're being filmed a lot of the time that that is naturally yeah. going to catch that um let's talk about where you're at now you look so happy together you're expecting a baby you just i mean obviously you're not going to say you're miserable because you, you are happy you, you're just happily married are you planning on having a second wedding celebration with more friends and family or do you feel like you've had your wedding we had we both said separately obviously before the wedding that if it went well we'd definitely do a big ceremony because we didn't we couldn't invite everyone we wanted to invite and stuff but the wedding day was so perfect because we oh. got on so well all of our friends and family got on so well i think it would almost it wouldn't you'd never be able to do that day justice again to try and really do it um so i don't know if we'll ever properly have another wedding might have like a celebration ceremony a you know 10 year anniversary or something when when the kids are a bit older and they can come and join in and stuff um yeah. we are though getting hopefully fingers crossed a copy of our wedding day edited for us because obviously all we've got on the um of the wedding day is what you saw on tv no one was allowed any cameras, any phones. So we literally, what you see on TV, that's all we have of our wedding day and our wedding photos. So I badgered Channel 4 a little bit for a while and we managed to get our footage and we're having it edited into a um, like wedding video just for us, which would be boring, right? It'd be 45 minutes of boring wedding <laughs> because weddings can be quite boring. But um, it just means we've got the memory. So um, we're not allowed to... I think we can talk about it. We don't have to share any footage from it on social media, but, you know, we'll have it, which would be fantastic. Um, and I think that would be nice for the family who couldn't make the wedding as well to be able to see to, to sort of share in the day. I think that's I think that's so lovely that you'll have that. But also I think it's so lovely that you are considering that 
wedding as your wedding i mean it is a legal wedding you loved each other you you sort of fell madly in you know like of each other or you attracted each other straight away so it's really really lovely that you don't feel the need to do a second one although i am available as a wedding celebrant should you want to do a blessing <laughs> ceremony um that'd be very special to me but um i think that's really really lovely that you guys have taken this serious obviously you're light-hearted beautiful people but you've taken this really seriously from the start maybe not um from Owen being drunk and applying but soon after you've just you've held it and, and you've treasured it like a real relationship a real marriage and I think that's why you're so strong together because you haven't treated it like an experiment you've treated it like a real thing yeah I think I think like Michelle said right at the start the difference between it being an actual legal ceremony and being a commitment ceremony means that you do have to take it seriously I think from the moment I found out I was matched with Michelle in our series, we found out their name, at least. Um, whereas in the new series, I don't even know that. Um, yeah, from the moment I found out with Miguel, in my mind, I was engaged, right? I woke up one Saturday morning knowing the TV crew were coming up to do some background filming, which you obviously knew when I was being matched, but, you know, they told you it's background filming. Um, had a had a video call with Paul Brunson, who told me I'm, you know, engaged to be, to be wed to Michelle. And that's it. In my mind, I was engaged. I think you were very, you said you were very yeah. similar, didn't you? And they, they asked us that. I remember in the kind of lead up and then on Hendus and Stag they said, oh, you know, how do you feel? And we were both like, well, yeah, we're engaged. Like, you know, there's no interest in going and, and snogging someone else on mm -hmm. a hen or stag do because this is the person I'm going to marry. And I do think it helped. And I think that that's a big thing with when you see future successes in the in the series afterwards as well is whether they both have the same view of it whether they're both committed um, i feel like they should hire you as consultants on the show to help oh, people love, take it seriously we'd love that like in, honestly if we get invited to one of those dinner parties i would have a whale of time <laughs> yeah. like, michelle would get properly into it you know she'd be in amongst all the drama i'd just be sat back just throwing random bits of advice at people that aren't yeah. relevant but, you know Oh, guys, it has been so gorgeous talking to you. And um, it feels really strange, actually, having just watched the series, like I said, about a month ago. You're fresh in my mind, and now you're here on my screen. Um, I want to wish you all luck in the world with the new baby coming in December. And you do share quite a lot of your lives on your Instagram, so people can follow on there and maybe watch, you know, you as parents. Are you going to share a little bit of that? Um, oh, I'm sure we will. Yeah, I'm sure we very, will. Very, very excited. <laughs> Thank you so much, so much. It's been gorgeous. And I will continue following your adventures over on Instagram. Nice to speak Thanks. to you guys. Thank See you later. You. Bye. Bye. to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.